Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Wake up! The Morning Line. Line up! All right, people, here we go. It is that time. That is right, that time of the day. It is now a Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. Welcome in to the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe It is the morning line. We'll do our very best here over the next, oh, 58 and a half minutes or so. Get you caught up with everything that happened overnight in the world of sports. Plus, get you ready for another big day. Not only NBA, college hoops. Of course, a little NHL, and before you know it, we got ourselves some football games to discuss. We'll get you caught up here. Uh, we had some rankings last night in college, uh, so this will be it. One more week, and then we will know what the top four are playing for a national championship, and then we can all start bitching and moaning how there should be six teams, eight teams, 12 teams, 16 teams, 24 teams. Hell, why don't we just mimic March Madness and throw 68, have a couple of teams play to get in, And then we'll just have football 12 months a year. Don't see that happening, but one can only hope. Uh, But in the meantime, a couple of headlines that came out of uh, yesterday. We did have a NFL firing. I don't know if you guys heard this. Kind of under the radar, too. It was not. uh, It was very interesting because it. There wasn't a lot of fanfare yesterday about it, except uh, for those of you that don't know, there have been a ownership change in Carolina with the Carolina Panthers. And while we all thought Ron Rivera was going to be on the hot seat regardless this year, I mean, what the hell you expect? You lost to the Washington Redskins. You've had, uh, you've got three losses this year in which you had a minute to go first and goal. And, and I mean, goal from like the two yard line, three yard line goal line. And you just, you could not get the ball in. Uh, in, in all three of those losses, uh, Washington, of course, uh, just this past weekend, Green Bay comes to mind, uh, Tampa Bay early on with Cam Newton at quarterback. So uh, I get what's going on uh, there with this ownership change and why they felt that Ron Rivera was uh, expendable uh, to speak. And yeah, listen, he's been there for a, a long time. It's not like uh, Ron Rivera just is, is not a guy that did not have a chance. And it's not like this guy did not have some success. He had uh, plenty of success in uh, in Carolina with this team, with Cam Newton. In fact, him and Cam Newton actually were brought in together at the same time, and he went 76-63-1 as the team's head coach. He did have four playoff appearances. They did win the NFC title in 2015. They went 15-1 and that year in the regular season, but they ended up losing to, uh, you know, Peyton and company there, the Broncos, in the Super Bowl. That was Super Bowl 50. So the owner comes out yesterday and does this interview, and he's just, uh, he, he, this guy is very interesting. But he did mention, of course, that he had an emotional conversation with Ron Rivera. Uh, I don't know why it makes any sense to boot him out now in uh, in week uh, 14 of the NFL season. 
Uh, he's trying to put his stamp on, uh, according to him, trying to put his stamp on this organization and for the community. Again, none of these things, if it was ultimately going to happen that way anyway, I don't know why make the changes now. It's not like you are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but I guess when you lose to a team like a head coachless so to speak, Washington Redskins team with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I get it. It's not a good loss. But if we fired coaches every time they had a bad loss, uh, it would be a revolving door. So uh, there's probably a little bit more going on behind the scenes. But it does give them, obviously, a chance to go out and let it be known that there is a head coach in vacancy now in Carolina. He talked a lot about the a rebuild and it's a building process. and. There's no magic pill and there's no tooth fairy or something along those lines. A very strange uh, press conference, but made the change. And so now moving forward, you've got to figure out what the hell's going on with the Carolina Panthers. Who's the quarterback going to be? Uh, who's the head coach going to be? They're actually going to also clear house, apparently, in the front office. They're going to be bringing in an assistant GM. So they're, they're, he's really pulling it down and starting from scratch. And, you know, like any new owner, that's what they want to do. They want to build it in their own. Uh, we we'll put their stamp on it and put it in their own direction, and we get all of that. But there are plenty of question marks surrounding this team moving forward. And the new coach might be the easiest of them to answer because you still don't know what are you going to do with Cam Newton. And now the good news for the Carolina Panthers is that they've pretty much already paid Cam Newton most of his money. So I do believe the numbers uh, where if they were just to release him at the end of this season and cut him, I think it's only a $2 million cap hit. So it's not like they... It's not like they're on the hook for all of this money with Cam. In fact, they'd free up around $19 million in cap space by cutting him. So I think we we can all agree that Cam Newton at 30 years old probably played his last game uh, as a Carolina Panther. And then the question is, where do they go from here? I don't know. Uh, trade value, obviously not going to happen due to the fact that he's at the end of his contract anyway. So it just makes more sense to let him go and uh, and thank him for his service. So Cam Newton will definitely be someplace else next year. I don't know how long Ron Rivera will not or will be unemployed due to the fact that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of other jobs available here in the NFL. And then you got to ask yourself, and of course, as a Jets fan, I have to ask myself, or as a Giants fan, um, why, if Caroline is pulling a plug because at week 14 you have an embarrassing loss, well, I'm just saying, no, no, I mean, if, if, if we're talking about firing a guy midseason or in week 14, simply because, I'm just saying, just because they had a bad loss, then how is Adam Gay still employed when he set the record in 100 years of the NFL? We've never had one team or head coach lose to two teams, not one team, two teams that at some point were 0-7 in the season. I, I, I'm i not quite sure uh, if that's the litmus test now. I mean, if that's the bar we're setting, and I'm okay with that bar, maybe, just maybe, the Johnson family was watching what happened in Carolina and said, hey, Adam Gase, sorry, you got to go. 
All right, coming up, we got uh, craziness in the NBA and it's surrounding James Harden. What a shock. I'll tell you what happened there last night. We'll do that coming up next. It is the morning line. Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri, and it was a uh, it was a big night last night on the hardwood as we had uh, over 50 college basketball games uh, on tap there last night, and we had plenty of NBA games. Kind of a short card, only six or seven NBA games on the uh, on the record, but I think we can all agree some of the uh, some of our favorite teams, some of our favorite players there last night, and in college basketball when you get Duke, Michigan State. And you get a number four Michigan team going to Louisville to take on the number one Louisville Cardinals. A rematch of sorts uh, back to, I believe, was it 2015, six? When did Louisville beat Michigan? Uh, I, it had to be what? Maybe it was a little longer than that. 13, 14. Uh, it was definitely within the last uh, 10 years. Kind of a rematch of that situation. And uh, Michigan getting all sorts of new life. Uh, both of those games. Had a few surprises to them. We'll go over it. But maybe the biggest surprise and the biggest controversy last night, and we love controversy. It was 13. Okay, so that's why. All right, so it was 2013. That's when uh, Patino finally uh, broke through there, and Louisville uh, ended up beating Michigan there. So it was yeah, a lot of people remembered that there last night. So it was an epic atmosphere in, uh, in Kentucky, obviously, as uh, Louisville, they love their basketball. Uh, Michigan surprising everyone, which really shouldn't be that much of a surprise. The team is kind of loaded. That's what Beeline left. But number one versus number four is still pretty darn interesting, even though it's just December. And, and, you know, Izzo versus Coach K. Here we go again. A series and a battle that has been dominated by Duke. Uh, Eight of the last ten have gone Duke's way. Coach K has kind of owned Izzo in that head-to-head matchup there, at least over the last 10. And there was a bit of a revenge factor because, let us not forget, it was Michigan State that bounced out Zion and company last year in the tournament. So that was a game last night a lot of people were looking forward to seeing in Michigan State. And how did it go? Well, we'll let you hear it because I don't think I can do it justice. But James Harden last night. For some reason, the uh, it appears the NBA hates him, and it appears that nobody wants to uh, nobody wants to admit that they're actually doing everything in their power to screw him. But they're pretty much doing everything, at least over the last week anyway. It appears that nobody, and I mean absolutely nobody in the NBA, wants to give James Harden credit for anything, and that's because James Harden just continues to get screwed. You may recall last uh, over the weekend, uh, James Harden dropped 60 points in uh, one, two, three quarters. And yet, he didn't end up winning the NBA Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, that went to Carmelo Anthony, who in his own right had himself a, uh, a pretty nice week 
averaging, you know, over what, 25, 26 points, eight, uh, eight assists. I mean, he was 20, 25, 26 and eight. And he, he won that certificate and it's a, it's a feel good story, but yet, you know, Harden's out there dropping 60 in 30 minutes and he doesn't get player of the week. He's also averaging nearly 40 a game this year and still not getting uh, any sort of uh, player of the month award, not getting any of those certificates, not getting any love. And in fact, last night, there was uh, a pretty cool moment where uh, there was a little heckling going on from the Spurs fans. They were in San Antonio taking on the uh, the lowly Spurs, who are just awful, absolutely awful this year. And taking on a Spurs team that didn't have LaMarcus Aldridge, by the way, because he's hurt. He's got a thigh contusion. I don't I really even know what that is, but uh, he wasn't playing last night. And uh, Popovich has got to be scratching his head thinking, why did I come back for another year? Maybe I should have hung it up. And this is uh, I'm hanging on too long because that team is terrible. And, uh, you know, so Houston goes into that game last night and you got to think, all right, this is going to be good. And you got a couple of San Antonio fans that were caught screaming that nobody wants to see a free throw contest. Which is classic because the. The James Harden knock is that he, uh, if you took away free throws in the NBA and you took away fouls, James Harden would score maybe six points a game uh, since a majority of his points come from getting fouled, flopping, falling down, running into people, running into walls, running into whatever it is. He seems to run, hit, get fall, fall down, foul, go to the free throw line. So last night during the game, Good old uh, James Harden had a steal. This was great. They were dominating, so dominating, by the way, in this game. The San Antonio Spurs through three quarters. They actually had, in the second half, a 22-point lead. I'll, spoiler alert, uh, they lost. Okay? They lost. Harden dropped another 50 last night. And they lost to San Antonio without LaMarcus Aldridge and company. So you got to ask yourself, something had to go wrong. Oh, it it went wrong. And controversy upon controversy here. I'll let you hear it because this happened in the second half where Harden actually stole a pass against the Spurs and all alone goes and dunks it. Now, you may think, of course, well, what's the problem? It's pretty simple, right? He takes the ball, he steals it, he goes up, he dunks. Yeah, well, take a listen. Oh, Harden saw that coming a mile away. Look out for the guy with the squeegee. Wait, did that come out? That went that through. Went that through. ball went through. That went through. That ball went through. That ball went through and then whipped back out with the net. Yeah. See, uh, it was so funny. He did steal it. The guy with the squeegee, of course, is the uh, is the poor kid trying to mop up the floor while the team goes to the other end. Uh, except he almost got crushed because as he's trying to mop up the floor, Harden steals the ball and comes back his way. But he didn't get in the way. The net got in the way. Harden actually dunks the ball so hard, okay, so hard that the ball stayed in the net as it came through and then ripped itself back up over. So it appeared that it didn't, that he missed the dunk. But, of course, replay 
showed as clear as day that the ball went through the hoop. Pretty, uh, you just can't miss that call. Goes through the hoop, but of course the refs say no goal, no basket. So no basket, confusion. Uh, Mike D'Antoni going absolutely ballistic. Everybody going crazy, but you got to figure, right? I mean, he had 39, okay, in uh, at that point in the game. He had 39 points, and you got – it's not like the game. They're up 20. It's not like that game's going to overtime, right? It's not like they got to worry about it. It's just – it's two points. It's not going to cu- – yeah, no. Yeah. So uh, in the fourth quarter – the once that happened from there, pretty much everything went San Antonio's way there. Drilling shots left and right. They just they demolished Houston in the fourth quarter to come back and tie the game and do what? Send it to overtime. Send it to overtime. And now you've got a whole lot of people screaming and yelling, going, the game should have never made it to overtime because you guys didn't count an actual dunk. A, a dunk that took place in regulation, dunk that was two points that didn't get counted because apparently it's not reviewable, which I, which just cracks me up because if you guys have noticed in the NBA, coaches are actually challenging fouls now. I mean, have you seen this, Bavona? It happened last night, too, by the way, in the Miami Heat-Toronto game. They actually can challenge. Yeah, they challenge fouls. I, it's the... Some guys love it. Some guys absolutely hate it. Same situation. How in the world is it you can challenge a foul, uh, which is about as subjective as humanly possible, but not be able to review something that is not subjective? You either made the basket or you didn't. The ball either went through the hoop or didn't. But, yeah, the NBA is going to need to work on this. Now there are actual reports here this morning, guys, that because they ended up losing in double overtime, that Houston was going to protest the game. But Houston says we don't need to because the league has assured them they will rectify this. Now, does that mean giving them the win, even though they lost? Or does it mean that they are going to force these guys to play the game from that point on? We'll talk more about that. But craziness in the NBA, and it's only December. Figures it's James Harden. We'll do that next. The Morning Line, Sports Grid. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Carlos uh, Santana once said, little Oyo Comba, but hey, find us on YouTube, Sports Grid Network. That's where you can subscribe to us. All the fantasy and sports wagering advice, every show here on the network can be found simply by subscribing to us on YouTube, the Sports Grid Network, also on Instagram, at Sports Grid TV. Never miss any of the sports wagering advice, fantasy advice that we provide here, making it a very profitable end of a 2019 season. Also, 
You may want to, who knows, be the next daily fantasy millionaire. Does that sound, sound like something you might be interested in? Anybody? Anybody? Well, if it is, you can go ahead and dunk on your NBA DFS competition this year. You can do it with DailyRoto.com. Just dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. You can compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com optimizer. It is the most accurate projection in NBA DFS. Plus, you get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. And you can save 10% now on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com. Dunk to learn more. That is DailyRoto.com. Dunk forward slash dunk. And remember, DailyRoto.com. That is where millionaires are made. So we're talking uh, last night, of course, total controversy here in the NBA. And who better to surround it by than good old James Harden, who the uh, what a game by the Spurs. What a comeback in San Antonio there as they were down nearly 22 points heading into the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, uh, the script flipped. It flipped. When James Harden stole a ball with about seven minutes left to go in the game, dunked it, but because the ball got stuck in the net, it appeared like the ball, like he got rejected because the ball popped back out. But it only popped back out after the ball got went through the net and the net threw the ball back up over the rim. So while it appeared that it did not go through, oh, it very much went through and every camera angle in the world proved so. But they didn't count it. And, of course, you got to figure, well, what's the big deal? Seven minutes left. You know, they were up 22 points. And they just outscored the Spurs 34-22 to 22 in the third quarter. So, eh, no big, no harm, no foul. You missed the two points. Yeah. The problem is uh, they went on a ridiculous run, that being the Spurs. They went on to outscore the Rockets 34-18 to 18 in the fourth quarter. So that game goes to overtime. And, of course, it was your typical James Harden night, guys. He scored 50 points. He played a season-high 49 minutes. And he was absolutely atrocious from the field. I mean, absolutely. If it wasn't for the fouls and the fouls and the more fouls. Uh, by the way, Russell Westbrook, typical Russell Westbrook night, guys. He uh, triple-double, I believe, right? He had uh, a whole lot of points, 10 assists, uh, 10 rebounds. Yeah, he was 7 of 30 shooting. 7 of 30 from Russell Westbrook. Uh, the best, by the way, congratulations. Clint Capella was back there, 22 points, 21 boards. But Westbrook had 19 points, 7 of 30 for shooting. And yet it wasn't any better for our man James Harden here, who also just had an atrocious. How do you score 50 points and shoot less than 30 percent from the field is beyond me. Well, oh, yeah, that's right. It's James Harden. How do you do that? You do it because you fouled every other play and then you just go to the line. And that's kind of what happened to him last night. He did have nine boards and six assists, but it was in a losing effort. Why was it a losing effort? Because uh, the Spurs absolutely hammered them in the fourth quarter, the first overtime. And, of course, they outscored them in the second overtime, 9-7, to win 135-133. to 133. But the question remains is, what is the NBA going to do about this game? Since it probably shouldn't, well, it, it shouldn't have ever gotten to overtime due to the fact that Houston did, in fact, score more points, even though you didn't count it. They did score more points. Didn't allow them to review it. Now, after the game, 
Houston said that they were going to protest the game. But they were told by, obviously, the NBA. They talked to somebody in the NBA, head of officiating, said the play was obviously botched. The basket should have counted. Uh, They were assured that the NBA would take care of this, so they did not protest the game. So what does that mean? Well, they're saying, or at least what it's being reported now, is that they're just going to go ahead and give the win to Houston. I don't know how that – I don't know. Why does Houston deserve the win when you blew a 22-point lead in the fourth quarter? Like, I I don't even know how they deserve this win, two points or not. But – It appears there is some precedence for this. It appears that this happened, uh, I guess, years ago with Shaq and the NBA had stepped in on a a play that was fouled that shouldn't have been called. And they ended up awarding, you know, Shaq and his team the, uh, the, I think it was with the Lakers or I'm pretty sure it was with the Lakers uh, when it happened. Uh, Or, and this is the best part, they're going to pull out a pine tar game like Yankees Royals back in the day. They are going to make these two teams play the game from the seven minute mark where this dunk happened. They're going to make them come back and play this game from that seven minute mark on and then see what happens from there. Only this time they're going to have a two minute. uh, They're going to have two extra points on the board than they did prior. Either way, absolute mess by the NBA here. And while we say, what's the big deal? It's going to be one game. Well, You know what would have been really easier here? If you just allowed them to review it, that would have been great. That's the whole point. It seems like in the NBA now, I'm watching the end of the Toronto game last night. And uh, Toronto also at home went into overtime against the Miami Heat. And uh, Jimmy Butler kind of uh, took the uh, game over there in the overtime period. I think he, he scored eight quick points in the first 30 seconds of overtime. And just that was it. That's all she wrote for the uh, Toronto Raptors. But in the end there, at the closing minute of the fourth quarter in that game, Toronto-Miami last night, there had to have been four timeouts where they were reviewing just about everything that happened. Every other play was a review. The uh, the refs wanted a sideline to put the headset on. They're, they're in front of the monitor. Uh, one was, was it a foul? Was it a hard foul? Was it egregious? What this? So Nick Nurse actually challenged a foul that was blatantly obvious on Jimmy Butler there in the closing, challenged it, lost a challenge. So it appears that they can actually review everything except whether or not a basket went in. So now get ready because it does appear that they are either going to just hand the victory <laughs> to Houston after, after, uh, and I don't know what you do. What do you do with the stats and everything else uh, that, uh, that San Antonio, uh, I mean, those some of these guys have contracts that are tied to points, rebounds, everything. Else. Like, you just throw those out and you just hand a win or do you just tack on? A, it's so very confusing, so unnecessary due to the fact that the, well, the NBA creates their own drama. And this was priceless last night doing it. And it serves them right. Absolutely serves them right because uh, – you're going to allow it to do to go four of 80 from uh, from three-point range last night, but still score 50 points because you, you allow them to just flop all over the court. Absolutely unbelievable. So uh, that's, uh, that's what's going to be decided at some point today. You're going to hear from the NBA. So we'll see how that went. I also am very curious what happens 
if they award Houston the win and just say, sorry, San Antonio, Houston gets the win, what happens to those that had Houston money line last night? What happens to those tickets exactly? Those that, uh, you know, or, or those that had San Antonio money line, no less, because they were such a monster underdog in that game. They were, they were a seven-point underdog in that game. What happens to those that had San Antonio tickets on the money line? They would have obviously got, gotten the spread if they just tack on two, getting seven points. But, you know, money line, there were some big numbers there last night. Anybody that had Houston in a parlay, maybe? <laughs> uh, what happens to those tickets? I'm just curious because you can't just go out there and award a win without there being some sort of ramification. Now, the total, obviously, because it went to two overtimes, do you eliminate the points that were scored in the overtime? And if so, what does that do to the total? It's it's not just as simple as award them the win because as a uh, – and this is a, a good lesson, and maybe we'll talk about this uh, a little bit later in Gambling You. But before you place a single darn wager in any book, anywhere, I don't care, make sure you understand what the rules are because they vary from sportsbook to sportsbook. But make sure you understand the rules for crazy things like, I don't know, weather or if a game gets uh, closed out or if a game is short or if some sort of controversy happens. Make sure you fully understand what the refund policy is, what the no game policy is. Make sure you read the frying print, guys, because otherwise you might rip up a ticket that you didn't realize is actually a winner because you didn't you didn't understand exactly what the house book, what the rules were. And crazy things happen all the time. If you are going to invest your money, and place it down and say, all right, let's do this, and you're holding a ticket, and somehow you get controversy and you get screwed, but actually, who knows? You might have actually won, but you didn't understand what was going on. So it's important because it's not universal. The rules are not universal across every sports book. something you guys need to understand. Make sure you know fully what the, uh, what the parameters are of the bet that you are making. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. I mean, but again, congratulations to Adam Silver and company. You guys just continue to figure out ways to screw yourselves. It's just unbelievable to me. But also, we told you last night there were some college basketball games on, too, actually, uh, that were huge. Louisville taking on Michigan. Duke taking on Michigan State. Interesting lines. Also, interesting outcome. We'll tell you how those games went and how much money people made last night betting them. We'll do that coming up next. It is the morning line. It is the grid. Sports grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in here. Controversy on a Wednesday around uh, multiple topics. 
we uh, started off by telling you, of course, uh, coaching change. And if I would have uh, told you, if you had heard nothing, but uh, you woke up this morning and didn't uh, have a chance to uh, read anything yesterday, and I said, coaching change in the NFL, coaching firing, or uh, mutual parting of the ways, like I, which is very strange, because why would, why would a coach in week 14 mutually agree to leave? But anyway, um, if I told you, there was a firing. How many of you would have guessed Pat Shermer? How many of you would have guessed Adam Gase? Well, wish Adam Gase. Uh, I, you know, if you got down to the list, how far would you have to go before you got Ron Rivera, uh, who was uh, let go yesterday by the uh, by the new ownership group there in Carolina? So there will definitely be another coaching vacancy there, one in Washington now and one in Carolina. And there are going to be more, I can tell you that, uh, including, in all likelihood, Cleveland uh, will be in that list there. There's, uh, could Shermer be gone? Maybe so. Hopefully, uh, very possibly, uh, Dallas uh, also. So there's, uh, there are going to be quite a few vacancies, I believe, in college, in the uh, NFL, rather. And it's uh, it's starting to fall. But that was, a lot of people are questioning why get rid of Ron Rivera in week 14. Makes no sense. We told you about James Harden's uh, basket dunk that didn't count, that should have counted, but now they went and lost in double overtime, so now they might give him the win anyway. And what the hell happens then to everyone who bet Houston on a money line? Then, of course, you've got uh, the college football committee's playoff list. Yes, the rankings. We'll get to that here in a second, but we did tell you, of course, there were some uh, college hoop games last night. One of the uh, one of the best tournaments. One of, it really is a litmus test early on this year in college hoops, and it's the ACC versus the Big Ten. They've been doing this here for a couple of years. It's always a lot of fun because let's face it, I think we can all agree the ACC, the Big Ten, basketball conferences, pretty damn good basketball conferences at that. Uh, anytime you're talking about uh, Duke. Virginia, you know, the defending national champions, uh, North Carolina. Yeah, they got some teams in the ACC that can play. And they got some teams in the Big Ten that can play. So anytime you get to see these two teams square off, it's always fun. Don't forget Louisville also in the ACC, uh, number one. And we'll start there because Michigan, fresh off of their three wins in the Bahamas, taking down the Atlantis tournament and beating three quality teams, including the Zags, including North Carolina. I mean, they were phenomenal. And they put themselves all the way up into the number four spot in the ranking, uh, in the AP ranking there. And now they get to travel to Louisville last night to take on the Cardinals, who were just newly appointed the fourth number one team that we've had so far in college hoops. And you got to ask your question, you know, you got to say, well, what's going on? We've already seen three other number ones fall down. Would Louisville do the same? But the truth is, Michigan is a is a great team, loaded team this year. Beeline did not leave the cupboards bare by any stretch of the imagination. So what kind of game were you going to get? That was three games in three days, plus Thanksgiving. And all they did was then hop on a plane, flew back to Michigan, then flew to Kentucky. So traveling schedule fatigue might have been a concern there last night for the Michigan Wolverines. And ultimately, when it was all said and done, this was not a good looking game, guys. They barely cracked 100 points together. Okay, Louisville just absolutely stifled Michigan there last night, who was averaging 80 points a game. Uh, Michigan didn't even break 45. 
They got crushed uh, in a different way, 58 to 43 in their ACC Big Ten Challenge. Louisville uh, covered the five and a half point uh, spread. They were a home favorite. The under was way under 137 and a half. They could have played this game four times. They weren't getting to the over in any stretch of the imagination in this game. So very impressive win. I mean, it was extremely impressive. Uh, I don't think that obviously we can look too far into it other than it was a rough stretch of games. They had beaten three top 15 teams, Michigan in the Bahamas, the schedule. It's rough, man. It was a rough trip to have to go to Louisville after just spending a week in the Bahamas, got home for 30 seconds, and then hopped on a plane and went down and played yet another game. So tough scheduling spot for them, but also a tough matchup because Louisville, very long, very athletic. And yeah, they can play some defense, guys. Make no mistake about it. Uh, When you can shut down a team, it was a rock fight. A big-time rock fight. But it is quite obvious that the ACC owns whatever teams come out of Michigan because the night game featured Coach K versus Coach Izzo. And always a great battle. Two of the legendary Blue Blood programs there in Michigan State and Duke in Michigan State. We were expecting a good game there. We had a Michigan State team that was a big favorite in this game, too. They were a six-point home favorite. They have also lost eight of the last 10 head-to-head meetings against Duke and Coach K. So would this be any different? Uh, Coach K came out this week and said his Duke team, eh, we're not a really, we're not a top 25 team at this point. It's been a rough stretch for him, certainly against the number. One in four in the last five against the number. They have not been playing great bas- uh, basketball. Plus, they had uh, one of their stud freshmen um, uh, that was not playing last night, which kind of inflated the number a little bit against Michigan State. A little less scoring options, but ultimately when it came down to it, it was a beatdown. Duke destroys Michigan State at home there last night, guys. 87-75, to and it wasn't even that close. Uh, It was Blue Devils getting six points on the road. They were also plus 240 on the money line. How many more times are we ever going to get that Duke plus 240? And they pulled through. I mean, they dominated from tip-off till the very last whistle, guys. They were huge. So congratulations to uh, Coach K, to Duke. Uh, and, yeah, the ACC just owns everybody from Michigan here at this particular point. Louisville taking down Michigan. Duke taking down Michigan State. Uh, they just went. They hammered them. I mean, they were up 16 points in the first half and then uh, 20 at one point in the second half. And they just, they never got tested, man. It was, and Duke, don't forget, is coming off a week where they had the biggest upset of the Stephen F. Austin. Remember that game at Duke? First time that they've lost in a hundred years. They got embarrassed. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that didn't, uh, Cassius Stanley didn't play. He's their leading scorer. Didn't make a damn bit of difference. Duke, Coach K, do what they do every damn year. They're like the Patriots of sorts. Just when you think they're finished, yeah, they come out and they just ran over the Michigan State Spartans, who had a pretty cool night going on last night. They were all celebrating and retiring Draymond Green's number last night in the rafters. Pretty cool stuff there. Only they should have seen if Draymond had any eligibility left because they uh, they got boat raced there last night. They got just pushed around. They could have used a little bit of Draymond's toughness, uh, but it did not work out that way. 
So, big night on the hardwood floor last night. Even bigger night tonight as the tournament continues. And we'll uh, we'll dive into some of those uh, matchups uh, coming up here on Make It Rain as we uh, take a look. There's definitely some big games on the board that you are going to want to know about. Also, the line movements in the college divisional matchups here, the conference championships here, some interesting things happening along those lines. We will get to that coming up. And a little bit of controversy surrounding that committee releasing their top four. And it really wasn't the top four that so much the controversy lied as it is everybody else underneath those top four. We will explain that coming up, but I did want to talk a little bit here like we like to do each and every day, kind of uh, take you to gambling you. Some of you that might just be joining us for the very first time, new to the gambling world, uh, new to the sports investing world. So we uh, we like to point out some things that come up every now and then uh, across the betting landscape that some things that you should know about. And I keep seeing one thing now that the bowl season is coming and now that uh, we're starting to see the NBA and, of course, college basketball. Now that college football and the national championship is going to this is all going to be done come January, guys. It's already December the 4th. Come January, it's going to be uh, NFL playoffs and a lot of NBA and getting ready for March Madness. It's going to uh, consume us at that particular point. Certainly from a betting perspective, plenty of opportunities coming your way to invest. And for those of you that might just be getting uh, into betting, there's going to be uh, just a couple of principles to keep in mind. And I think one of those principles it's good to bring up, it's the fact of obviously goals. Goals, when you are sports investing, the biggest goal obviously is to be profitable, right? Well, otherwise, what are, you, what are you betting for if you're not betting to win, right? It's like anything else. Coach uh, Herman Edwards, right? You, you play a game to win, right? Or some crap along those lines. But the bottom line is, yes, you're, you're betting in order to win. That's what you want to do. But there's a lot that goes into that. It's not just obviously picking the right team. When you are talking about a long-term investment, which is what sports betting is, it is a long-term investment. Nobody gets rich overnight. It is a grind of, of a lot of grind, especially coming up in basketball season. But there is one thing that you need to keep in mind. Even in losses, there is something to be learned. The thing you don't want to do, like in any other investing protocol, is you don't want to leave money on the table. So there is a reason why we quote all these numbers to you, you know, closing line of minus five, closing line of, you know, plus seven, plus whatever it may be. The other objective always for you is that when you place your bet at whatever number it may be, that you actually gained value compared to where the number ended up before the game starts. That's known as the closing line, guys. So you might have a game that opens up at, let's say, minus 10 for a team. But when the game went off, it was minus 7. So that there tells you, wow, that's a, that's a three-point swing there. It opened up at 10. It's been bet down to 7. Well, the question is, win or lose, where did you fall? Where did you get it? Did you get it at seven? Did you get it at eight? Did you get it at nine? All of that will help you have a better understanding of if you are making the smart 
sports investing decision at the right time. Timing is everything. Following the market is everything. Understanding that I think this line, I'm fairly confident this line is going to keep going down. I should plug in my bet now. So if I got it at minus eight, well, then, you know, it's going to go up to, let's say, minus 10. I've got some value there. All of that will add up, and I don't care if it's a half a point, a full point, 30 cents on a money line from minus 150 to 130, whatever it is, the object, or the objective rather, is not to leave money on the table. And it's also not to get a bad number. It is not to get there and place a bet when the value was there all week or all day, and unfortunately you got in late. All of that money at the end of the year, when it's all said and done, that's a lot of money, guys, that you could have profited on if you would have made the bet at the right time. Timing, following the market, extremely important. Don't leave money out on the table. We'll talk more about that coming up here. Make it rain next on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Good luck tonight. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Cowboys got all the love. The books knew it. And that, quite honestly, was some of the easiest money you could have made on Thanksgiving, knowing that this is not a better team than Buffalo. It's not, but it doesn't matter because the books know where your bias lies. Tennessee is like that. A team that flies under the radar. The public will never respect how good they are. Thus, there is a gap in terms of how many points like they should be getting and how many they really get. Weekdays, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio, Sumo TV 719, Stir, and Pluto TV. Channel 517. I overslept. Look, I need your help. Here's what you miss on the morning line. Go! There is a head coach in vacancy now in Carolina. He talked a lot about the a rebuild and it's a building process and there's no magic pill and there's no tooth fairy or something along those lines. A very strange uh, press conference, but made the change. And so now moving forward, you've got to figure out what the hell's going on with the Carolina Panthers. Who's the quarterback going to be? Uh, who's the head coach going to be? They're actually going to also clear house, apparently, in the front office. They're going to be bringing in an assistant GM. So they're, they're, he's really pulling it down and starting from scratch. And, you know, like any new owner, that's what they want to do. They want to build it in their own, uh, in the, we put their stamp on it and put it in their own direction, and we get all of that. But there are plenty of question marks surrounding this team moving forward. And the new coach might be the easiest of them to answer because you still don't know what are you going to do with Cam Newton. And now the good news for the Carolina Panthers is that they've pretty much already paid Cam Newton most of his money. So I do believe the numbers uh, where if they were just to release him at the end of the season and cut him, I think it's only a $2 million cap hit. So it's not like they... It's not like they're on the hook for all of this money with Cam. In fact, they'd free up around $19 million in cap space by cutting him. So I think we we can all agree that Cam Newton at 30 years old probably played his last game uh, as a Carolina Panther. And then the question is, where do they go from here? I don't know. 
Uh, trade value, obviously not going to happen due to the fact that he's at the end of his contract anyway. So it just makes more sense to let him go and uh, and thank him for his service. So Cam Newton will definitely be someplace else next year. I don't know how long Ron Rivera will not or will be unemployed due to the fact that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of other jobs available here in the NFL. And then you got to ask yourself, and of course, as a Jets fan, I have to ask myself, or as a Giants fan, um, why if Caroline is pulling a plug because at week 14 you have an embarrassing loss, well, I'm just saying, no, no, yeah, I mean, if 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 we're talking about firing a guy midseason or Please in week 14, that. simply because I'm just saying, just because they had a bad loss, then how is Adam Gase still employed when he set the record in a hundred years of the NFL? We've never had one team or head coach lose. To two teams, not one team, two teams that at some point were 0-7 in the season. I, I, I'm i not quite sure uh, if that's the litmus test now. I mean, if that's the bar we're setting, and I'm okay with that bar, maybe, just maybe, the Johnson family was watching what happened in Carolina and said, hey, Adam Gase, sorry, you got to go. Sports Grid News.